You're listening to the Beginning of Wisdom podcast with Andrew Schumacher. Beginning of Wisdom seeks to engage in theology and apologetics in the sight of God. You can learn more at beginningwisdom.org. and apologetics in the sight of God. If that sounds like something that would help you, uh, then please consider subscribing and be sure to hit that notification bell so you don't miss any new videos, um, especially with this current series. I'm beginning a new series called The Cross and the Torah. It will be designed to answer the arguments and claims made by the Torah observant or Hebrew roots movement. You definitely don't want to miss anything that will be coming uh, down the road here in the next few months. So do you think that Christianity has lost its roots in the Hebrew Scriptures, in the Law of Moses? Do you have friends or family who have gotten heavily involved in trying to obey the law? Are you concerned that it's legalism? Uh, Those kinds of things. That's really what this series is going to be addressing. If you are interested in that subject or if you're looking for good answers to the arguments that are being put forward, uh, then this is going to be the series for you. And I've actually begun a companion series over at my website, beginningwisdom.org. If you want to go check that out, that one is going to be a series of blog articles roughly handling the same subject matter, but going to be coming at it from the opposite direction. In the blog, you will find very thoughtful, reasoned articles starting from the ground up and building what and building a biblical ethic based on the scriptures, starting in the Torah, starting in Genesis, and working my way forward and seeing how God's commands and things that he requires, how they unfold through history and through his plan. So really starting from the ground up, that's what what the blog series is doing right now. In this YouTube series, what I'm going to do after this video is primarily deal with the arguments uh, that are brought forward by the Hebrew Roots community and Torah observant people to try to argue that Christians are still under the law. So I'll be handling those. This first video is going to be a rough outline Uh, basically what my position is. So it's going to be similar to the blog in a sense, but without a lot of that detail. So if you're really looking for a lot of detail, definitely head over there. But then going forward, if you're really looking for good answers to the common arguments, the things that you hear all the time, uh, this this YouTube series is going to be what you want to keep, keep an eye on for sure. So what is the biblical ethic? Um, How does God define right and wrong? Is it just as simple as the law of Moses? We just follow that and we're we're good? Uh, Or is there more to it? God defines right and wrong, but where and how? One obvious way is through commands and covenants. God says something, that's how it is. You know, whether he forbids us to do something or commands us to do something, it's pretty clear that violating those words are definitely sin. But also he's given every man a conscience. 
Every man and woman knows that sometimes they're doing things that are wrong, even if they don't know where to go in the Bible to see what was written about it. They just know this is definitely wrong, and or they know this is definitely okay. Um, they, they have a sense in, inside themselves. Not an infallible one, but they, we all do have that sense really built in. When we understand the different ways that God has revealed right and wrong to us, and, and what sin is, it really helps us understand this whole idea of the law of Moses and all of that a lot better. Um, so what I'm going to do in this video is kind of walk through in a brief summary some of the important things that we see in Scripture concerning what God defines as sin. So when we start, we look at that first family. We look at Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. Um, Adam, Adam and Eve are given the command not to eat of the tree. So obviously for them to do so is a sin. And we, we know that. We consider that the first sin, the first human sin. Um, we also see that God, that Adam was given the command to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Uh, he, as he's cast out of the garden for sinning, that other sin or that other law command is, is still there. And indeed, we see that at the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, the people are just staying in one place and seeking to make their name great in this one place and not going out to subdue the earth. So we see that command still in place and, and they're not obeying it. And so that's why God confuses the language. However, there is another law at play in the in this early stage of, of creation. Um, when Cain and Abel are give their sacrifices and God looks favorably on Abel's and, and not on Cain, we have an interesting moment where Cain is angry and God warns him and says, because sin is crouching at the door and its desires for you, but you must conquer it. And God is telling Cain before he ever does anything that what he's thinking of doing, what he wants to do is a sin. So God is, is referring here to sin calling it sin. And what is it he's calling sin? It's murder, right? He, he's Cain is about to kill Abel. He knows he's, he's planning it. He's thinking about it. God is warning him this is a sin. But he doesn't mention it by name. He doesn't say murder is sin here. Um, not, not in so many words. But it's, it's just taken as a given that Cain knows this is a sin, what he's considering doing. This is what Paul describes in Romans 2 as the law unto themselves, the, the type of conscience law that, that every person has built in. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at that passage. Um, in Romans 2, starting in verse 12, it says, For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are just before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, these, not having the law, are a law to themselves, in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing 
or else defending them. On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. So we see that conscience is essentially the guideline for those who are without the law. Now Paul is writing at a time after the law of Moses has been given, so he's comparing those without, you know, those in other nations and, and who've not heard the law with Israel who had the law, and saying that it doesn't matter whether you're in Israel or not, there's a law that you've broken, and so all are guilty before God. And this is really true of anyone before the law as well, that this conscience, it's not as though God gave a conscience to the other nations after the law that they didn't have before. Um, and we see this play out in, in various people's lives. We see it um, not only with, with Cain, you know, it was a sin for Cain to kill Abel. It was also a sin for Abraham to lie to Abimelech uh, and try to convince Abimelech that Sarah was not his wife but his sister, even though she technically was and it wasn't an untruth he, he said. The, the implication was, this isn't my wife, and, and because he was afraid, he, he did this. But it's, it's a sin that he did so. It would have been a sin for Abimelech to have sex with Sarah, to take her as, as his wife, um, because she was married to Abraham. And what's interesting is, you know, God prevents him from doing it, and, and it's called sin. It's called sin in that passage. So they all understand that these things, that adultery, lying, murder, that these things are sin. And there are just so many other passages we could talk about that where, where other sins are, are defined. And yet there's no, this is all happening before Mount Sinai. This is all happening before God ever gives the law to Moses. We also have sin defined under commands. Uh, as we talked about with Adam's sin, that he broke the law not to eat of the tree, that the people in Babel sinned by not spreading out and subduing the earth. So there, there's also sins regarding specific commands God's given that may fall outside of what's in the conscience that people are subject to. And also speaking of commands and, and things God said were sin or not sin, we have another example of where God actually changes one of these. Um, and, and there's more examples, but one prominent example, again, before the law of Moses, is when before the flood, it's God says he's given every plant to mankind to eat. And and that's it. That's, that's what he's given. That's what's expected that man should eat. After the flood, God changes this command and allows man to eat any animal and, and to eat meat. And the, the key thing to, to point out here is really that before the flood, it would have been sin to eat meat. And if there were men who did, then they were in sin. They, they were sinning against God. After the flood, the permission is given. And, and so eating meat is no longer considered to be a sin. So here we see that even, even though God doesn't change, his requirements may change. So what this shows, the fact that the law changed regarding meat, it shows that the argument often put forward by people in the Hebrew Roots movement that God doesn't change, therefore God's law can't change, is really just a false connection. There, there's no connection between those things. Some things in God's law never change, but 
the fact that God doesn't change doesn't mean that his commands can't change. Uh, we see it there, right there in Genesis. Um, another argument that is often put forward and, and that what we've seen now uh, can really put to bed is the argument that if sin, that they'll make this argument that sin is lawlessness. They go to 1 John 3, 4, which says so. It, it does describe sin as lawlessness. Um, so there a common argument is God says sin is lawlessness, therefore you have to obey the law. And what law could he be talking about except the law of Moses? Well, there are three specific ways in which we've now seen that this is just a, a false argument. This is, this is not a valid argument. Uh, number one, there was sin before Moses. We've seen that clearly. Therefore, if sin is lawlessness, then there was a law before the law of Moses. And therefore, simply something simply being in the law of Moses doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, that it's a sin. Second, Paul points out that not all sin comes from breaking the law of Moses. Again, those people who did not have the law, who are without the law in other nations still were guilty before God because what they broke was the law that was the law unto themselves, their conscience. So not the same law doesn't necessarily apply to everyone, but everyone stands guilty because of breaking some law. So yes, sin is lawlessness, but which law? The third reason this doesn't work is because, as we've seen, God's law can change. God can command one thing at one time and change his mind and command another thing at another time. So merely saying sin is lawlessness may be true, but again, that doesn't establish which law we're actually talking about. So in these three ways, that, that particular argument fails from what we've seen so far. Now, there's a second aspect I want to cover in this video, and that is the idea of Old Covenant and New Covenant. Because you see, not, all, not only are there laws that are simply commands and laws that are simply based on conscience, but there are also laws that are connected to a covenant. And that's what we really have in, in the Law of Moses. Everything from reaching Mount Sinai and the giving of the Ten Commandments all the way through the end of the book of Deuteronomy, where the law is renewed, the Sinai Covenant is renewed in, De in Deuteronomy, all of those laws are part of one covenant. They're part of the what's called the, the Sinai Covenant, or the Law of Moses, or in the New, Co in the New Testament, referred to as the Old Covenant. Um, all of this is a, a covenant that is not like all the covenants that God has. Um, the covenant God made with Abraham was unconditional. The promises he made Abraham were not contingent on his obedience. There were certainly commands related to it, but those commands weren't made to be, you know, the, Abraham couldn't break that covenant because the covenant was all on, on the part of God. The people of Israel could and did break the the covenant given at Mount Sinai because that was a, com a covenant of law, a covenant based on obedience. 
you do these things, I will bless you. You don't do these things, I will curse you. God made this covenant with them. They agreed to the covenant. Their side was included. And so it was a two-part covenant with terms on both sides. So this particular, so everything in there, all of the laws found um, from Exodus chapter 20 on that are, are related to this, the giving of this covenant are part of that covenant, which means when we come to the new covenant, we see that there, there are definitely some changes. So all the laws are part of that covenant. Now there's certainly some overlap with the previous laws, with the, the previous, you know, what was written, you know, in people's conscience that murder is wrong, rape is wrong, all these things are wrong. There's certainly overlap there. Obviously those things are wrong under the Mosaic Covenant as well. Um, but there's also a lot of new stuff uh, that, that gets added at that time. And this again is another example of change. You know, they, it, was, it was never wrong before Mount Sinai. There's no evidence that it was ever wrong to eat unclean meats, to not celebrate the feast days, <laughs> you know, all these things. Like the the there was a lot that was added at the time at Sinai that now at, at that time became sin to disobey. If Israel didn't do it, they were in, in disobedience. But you know, before that they weren't there. So while there is overlap, they're they're not the one and the same thing. Simply referring to law could be referring to what has always been wrong or, you know, what always defined morality, or it could be something related to the Mosaic Covenant at this time. And all of those laws are in effect throughout all of Israel's history until the coming of Jesus and the coming of the New Covenant. The way the New Covenant is described in Jeremiah is it says it is not like the covenant that was made with their forefathers. Uh, in Galatians 3, Paul bases entry into the covenant community, into that group on something much older and more basic than the Mosaic covenant. He bases it on faith like Abraham, so he bases it really on the Abrahamic covenant, not the Mosaic one. And the Abrahamic covenant is by faith. And the author of Hebrews bases it on not obedience to commands, but on an oath, specifically God's oath. So God makes a promise, and that's what the new covenant is based on, not on the keeping of commands. And when it's based on God's oath, it cannot be broken. Now, a lot of Hebrew roots folks will point out that God says, I will write my law on their hearts, which, of course, it does say that. But notice that it's, God says, I will write my law. It doesn't say, I will write the law of Moses. It doesn't specify that it's that particular law. And as we've seen, Scripture uses that term more than one way. And so, it is presumptuous to assume that it is the law of Moses that's being referred to in that particular passage, especially when it says this covenant will be not like that covenant. So whereas that covenant was based on the law 
written on stone, the new covenant is based on God's law written on our hearts. So whereas the previous covenant had been based on a law written on stone, the new covenant is not based on law at all. It's based on an oath. It's based on God's promise. But then it includes the law written on our hearts. And that law isn't necessarily the same as the law of Moses. And there's no passage that says it is. So that's just a brief overview. Uh, we'll definitely get into more. Um, but I just want to finish up by saying this. God never changes, but as we've seen, his commands do. Jesus came to do the will of the Father, but the will of the Father is to work out his plan through history and not to do always the same thing all the time. Sin is lawlessness, but the law that sin breaks is much older and much more foundational than the law of Moses. And as I said before, if you want a more detailed approach to this foundational stuff, definitely check out the blog over at beginningwisdom.org and see what's going up right there because that'll be a lot more detail. And of course, remember to subscribe because starting with the next video, I'm going to be tackling all of the major arguments. Everything you've heard that someone who says we're still under the law and still need to obey the law of Moses Everything that they say, you'll, you'll see something related to that, uh, hopefully. And, and as the series goes on, if you haven't seen it, definitely let me know in the comments and about questions or things that you would like to see a video on. Uh, it may already be in the works, or, or if it's not, uh, it's certainly something I can address. So uh, I hope that this has been helpful for you, and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Beginning of Wisdom podcast. You can follow Andrew Schumacher and the ministry at beginningwisdom.org, where you can find links to the YouTube channel and follow on social media. Sign up for email alerts to never miss new content. Please like, share, and rate the episode if it has blessed you. God bless and always be ready.